As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. I hope anybody's not stupid enough to write this off. It's Two Stars, the Nottingham Forest podcast from The Athletic, where once a week we convene to discuss all the big news and notes as pertains to the two-time European champions in the company of The Athletic's Forest experts. On this episode, we'll reflect on the end of the Reds' unbeaten run, preview the upcoming cup date in Wales, there's transfer chat, and we'll ask, did they really play for Forest? Available for free wherever you get your pods and ad-free on The Athletic, this is Two Stars. Yes, hello listener, Matt Davis-Adams here to talk you through another week in the life of NFFC. With me as ever are the Forest correspondent for The Athletic, Paul Taylor. Hello, Paul. Uh, Good morning to you. Good morning to you. And not forgetting the man with The Athletic's biggest brief, it's the Funkasaurus, Nick Miller. (laughs) Uh, Good morning, Matt. Hello, how are you? Uh, No no sea shanty first us today no nah nah you can listen to the totally football league show if you want to hear hear that again it's about derby it's a bit confusing um yeah i (laughs) I was coerced into it that's all i'll say Uh, well that's not what i heard matt i I don't look i don't want to sort of throw you under the bus publicly here but i was told that you volunteered for it and you have been singing songs about derby county on another podcast Hmm? (laughs) it's a hard truth it's it, it's a half truth. Um, yeah, I mean, all the evidence is is out there to listen to if you if you want to do so. The Totally Football League show, another of the fine podcasts available from the Athletic. Um, speaking of which, the Athletic doesn't have much in common with UK furniture retailer DFS, but one thing both organisations are revered for are their introductory sales offers. And we've got another one for you, listener. You can sign up to the Athletic for just three pounds ninety nine a month for the first six months and enjoy unrivaled coverage of your club in twenty twenty one as well as ad-free podcasts via the app. Just go to theathletic.com slash forestpod for all the info. Right, as we record, it is just hours after Forest 2-1 defeat against Middlesbrough at the City Ground. Here's a tweet from Scott Wilson of the Northern Echo. He wrote, Great Neil Warnock moment before the goal as Sam Morsey was booked. Screaming in an empty stadium. Sam, go and ask him, brackets, a Forest player, close brackets, if he's refereeing the game, will you? Because the referee certainly effing isn't. 
Um, Paul, the main question I've got for you today, frankly, is what was the experience like uh, of being with Neil Warnock in an otherwise empty stadium? I I love Neil Warnock. I think Neil Warnock's great. Uh, And I think the the match piece that I wrote last night, stroke this morning, was was basically a a kind of homage to to, to what he brings to the table. I think Forrest were Warnocked last night. Don't get me wrong, it's not making excuses for Forrest. They were poor, they deserved to be beaten. Middlesbrough were far the better side. Uh, in in terms of a football sense, but in every other way, they were totally and utterly Warnocked. And uh, it it is entertaining to watch him. I mean, I I think after a couple of minutes of the game, he was basically telling his players that the game was won, which was an interesting mental tactic, being as everybody else in the stadium could hear him say these things. Uh, But yeah, you you can't miss him. I I knew he was there in the ground from the moment he said hello to to Chris Hewton on the touchline at about a million decibels. It was the loudest (laughs) hello I've ever heard. It was bizarre. He's like a town crier of hellos. Uh, Nick, there was a moment where the camera cut to the touchline last night and you could see Chris Hewton just rolling his eyes and looking in the direction of Warnock and and it was one of those (laughs) Chris Hewton is all of us moments. Yeah, uh, rolling the eyes at Neil Warnock is, is one of the more... And, and like Paul, I quite like Neil Warnock, as said before on this podcast, but yeah, rolling the eyes is one of the milder reactions you're going to um, get to him, I, I would have thought. I'm not sure how many times Warnock and Pulis would have um, played each other down the years, probably quite a few, but that I don't think I've ever been at one of those games, but it would be quite a sight. Or <laughs> quite a noise, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, quite. Uh, so this was Wednesday night then. Forest seven game unbeaten run in League and Cup coming to a juddering halt. Middlesbrough winning 2-1 at the City ground. As we predicted, Britta Sombolonga scored against his old club, George Saville, with the other goal. Sub-lower Kembe So pulled one back late on for Forest. In terms of performance, Paul, I mean, what a contrast to Millwall just, just a few days prior. Arguably Forest's best performance of the season, quickly followed by one of the poorest. Yeah, absolutely. And and you kind of didn't see it coming. Uh it's hard to explain where it came from. When when he when Chris Hutton picked the same team, you just thought to yourself, right, let's have more of the same then, please. And almost from minute one, it 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 just wasn't. Middlesbrough took control of the game, had a couple of chances in the first two minutes even, and then that was almost that. From the moment Britt did what he does by scoring in the most composed, calm fashion ever, you felt like the game was over. Middlesbrough, I think of have gone ahead 14 times in games this season and have won 11 and drawn two of them. So you, you kind of felt that the <laughs> Forest had a mountain to climb from that moment on and that that's the way it proved. But they just never got into the same rhythm, the same kind of tempo and urgency as they'd got against Millwall. I think you can give Middlesbrough some credit for that because they did mark man for man almost all over the pitch. They did stop them from getting any kind of passing, passing rhythm at all. They came with a plan. And it worked brilliantly. Forrest just couldn't uh, get around it. They couldn't. They couldn't get in any kind of attacking rhythm going at all. And uh, Middlesbrough were, you know, the better team, the better tactics, better organised, better prepared, uh, and got a deserved win. It, it, it all feels very damning when you put it in those terms. But after seven games unbeaten, I think uh, we don't need to get too carried away from one below par performance. Hopefully, they'll get back to to where they were before on Saturday. We'll see. Yeah, I'm I'm fairly sanguine about it. And given that I was late tuning in and the ink was barely dry on my iFollow receipt before Britta Sombolonga (laughs) scored to make it 1-0. Nick, I think sometimes you just kind of have to accept you get beaten by a better team, better organised, better players, in better form. It's not the end of the world. 
Yeah, uh, I can broadly agree, and I think this is probably what we're going to have to get used to for the rest of the season. Forrest uh, will kind of do well against teams in, towards in the bottom half of the table and in poor form, as as Millwall were. But you know, Middlesbrough, I think, are going to be uh, you know challenging for promotion this season, certainly. So it's not hugely unexpected that um, a team that have been under Neil Warnock for however long it is now six seven months are already you know very solid and very difficult to beat and um, kind of clinical at times as well I suppose the one worrying thing would be um, that while the defense has looked very solid in recent weeks the two goals looked I mean you know Paul will know this better than me because he was there but the, the from just from watching on uh, I follow one on the highlights it looked those two goals looked very easy for Borough to score Savile in particular for his goal was in just absolutely acres of space it, it was like you know Forrest kind of invited him and kind of said no please please do go go uh, go through have as much time as you like fella uh, and it was you know it was a very nice finish it was a very nice finish from Asamba Longa as well but th- those would be the that would be the concern that um you know, he it was just far too easy for them to to score goals. Borough played did everything else in the game absolutely correctly and as you'd expect them to. But those two goals were were a bit of a worry for me. A hint of offside about the Asambolonga one, Paul. I don't think so. I think Forrest got into a bit of you know six and sevens in defence themselves. Uh, I think Cyrus Christie tried to play offside and Joe Worrell wasn't on the same wavelength. And between the two of them, they. They they played him on. Uh, when you saw it in the flesh, like first time around, it did look like there might have been a hint of offside. But when you see replays, it it doesn't really look like it to me. Uh, I think you'd be looking for excuses if you if you kind of said that. And just the other goal was the one going back to what uh, Nick said. It, I think that's the kind of goal where they miss Ben Watson because they encourage their fullbacks to push on so much, like Ribeiro and. And Christie are encouraged to go forward and provide the attacking width and deliver crosses into the box. And it's in moments like those where Ben Watson would just drop in and almost become a third centre-half and kind of counter situations like that from happening. And I think it's in moments like that where you really realise what a valuable player he was to Forrest because there's nobody currently doing that for the for the Forrest team uh, as, as we speak. And uh, I think had you had Ben Watson in the side, goals like that are, are far less frequent occurrence. But... You know, let's let's give Middlesbrough credit because it was a, a fine counter attack as well. And we put the call out on Twitter for listeners' thoughts and questions. Simpsons NFFC says Warnock's come to the City Ground and shit ousters, and I'm sure Hume <laughs> will be rightly furious that the players have fallen for it because I'm sure he'd have prepared them to expect it. Um, Paul, your piece in the wake of the game basically puts that a bit more eloquently, uh, <laughs> but it's essentially what Chris Hutton said in his post match too, wasn't it? That concession that this wasn't a surprise what Middlesbrough came and did. Yeah, exactly. The reaction on Twitter to my piece was, to some degree, people thought I was making excuses for Forrest, and I really wasn't. I don't think there are any excuses. They were poor. They got they got outdone by Neil Warnock. It's as simple as that, and and that's kudos to him as well. You kind of know what to expect from Neil Warnock, and 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 Forrest will have known as well as anybody what to expect from him. Chris Hutton's an experienced manager himself, and he was saying before the game that he actually gets on quite well with Warnock and was extolling his virtues. So. He'll know what what his approach is and what his mentality is, and uh, I think you can, you know, fairly reasonably criticise Forrest for not being prepared for it or not coping for it, coping with it. It it, it was all a bit of a mess, to be frank. But but saying that Middlesbrough do things in a certain way is very different to saying they didn't deserve to win because 
they do things in a certain way, and because of that, they very much deserve to win. They will achieve success. They will be amongst the top six contenders this season precisely because they've got Neil Warnock as manager, and he's very wily and very astute in what he does. He does things the Warnock way, and it's very effective, and that, that isn't a criticism. I think Forrest actually need to be more streetwise and more savvy uh, in the way they do things themselves sometimes. It's not pretty to see teams trying to win easy free kicks or trying to waste time or... Or, or, or you know, doing the the dark arts if you like, but I, th- I think it's a just a fact that it's part of the game now. And if you're not if you're not doing it yourself, then you're going to have it done to you, and you're going to you're going to miss out because of it. I think there's an element there where you have to do it a little bit yourselves, perhaps not to the same degree as Middlesbrough, but but it's something that Forrest can learn from. I think. Yeah, that's something that Steve's pointed out. Uh, he says worrying amount of needless fouls and yellow cards. Mad that after we get one back, we can't keep the ball and, and lose our heads. And that was Yuri Ribeiro, you know, totally needlessly at that stage of the game. Forrest chasing an, an unlikely equaliser, but but even if they weren't going to get it, there were seconds left in the match. And not really like Ribeiro to, to have reacted in that way. And, and now Forrest will be without him for three games. Yeah, and it was odd that, that, that it didn't seem to be... The, 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 as Paul said, there were, you know, there would have been plenty of kind of little pushes and pulls and provocations throughout, but that particular incident didn't seem to be the result of that. He just kind of lunged in when someone was trying to shield the ball in the corner, which you know, fairly kind of standard thing. I mean, there was a, it, I actually, it was a little bit difficult to figure out what he actually got sent off for, and this is not to say. I didn't think he should have been sent off, but there was it, it. It initially looked like he was sent off for the kind of the. He sort of went over the ball a little bit, lunging at, at the player, and then I wasn't quite clear whether um, a Sombolonga kind of wandered wandered away, um, holding his face, and I wasn't quite sure whether that was Ribeiro or was that someone else who'd kind of came in to sort of try and break up the scrap. But the, yeah, the, the the concerning thing wasn't so much that he reacted; it was that he reacted to something that wasn't, you know, particularly kind of harsh provocation. If you like, you could kind of understand it if you know he someone had been needling at him for uh, all the game, and he just kind of hit out. It, it was it was quite hard to spot on the replay, but when you look at the replay carefully, Sombolonga does sort of follow Ribeiro off as he as he sort of walks away from the scene, if you like, and he, he appears to actually bite him. He kind of leans in towards his shoulder, and it may have been a nibble, it may have been a full-on bite, only he will know, but his mouth definitely leans in towards Ribeiro's shoulder, and that's what he reacts to. He turns around and, and confronts him for that, kind of puts his head in his face, which he can't do. I mean, once you've done that, you're putting yourself in all sorts of peril. It didn't seem like there was much contact there, but from the moment you put your head in another player's face, you, 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 you're putting yourself at risk of a red card. And, a, and, and well, it was a very long way from being a proper full-on headbutt Kenny Burns style, it, 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 it's ended up with him getting sent off. And as much as he was provoked and, you know, maybe you'd like to see the authorities look at British Ombolonga for his part in it, he got a red card that was deserved. He shouldn't have done it. He shouldn't have. He shouldn't have risen to the bait, and that's exactly what he did. It's strange because Brit, Brit was never like that when he was at Forest. He he didn't really have that bite and needle about him. He 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 played football with a smile on his face, but but uh, he he really more than anybody managed to get under Forest's skin yesterday. All whilst playing very well and scoring a very good goal and being a thorn in their side for football reasons, he also seemed to be a bit of a wind up merchant, which we we never really saw during his time at Forest. 
Yeah, he's got Warnock too. Um, so <laughs> Ribeiro's going to be out for, for three games. It looks like Ryan Yates is going to be on the sidelines for for a while too. That's a concern for, for Forrest, no doubt, Paul. Any update on the injury? It was He kind of made his own way off, didn't he? And, and sometimes I think, mm, maybe he should just go on a stretcher instead. <laughs> uh, the, the thing is, as much as... Uh, bless him, I say this with the greatest amount of kindness. You, you look at Samba So and him being a slightly delicate soul when it comes to injuries and having to be very very carefully managed just to nurse him through and when he does play he's, he's very very good generally Ryan Yates is the opposite if 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 Sauer's made of biscuits he's made of brick and <laughs> I, I think there's probably a good chance that we'd see Ryan Yates playing on Saturday if it was really required because he's just that type of character I don't honestly know how bad his calf injury is they said last night they were going to assess it today so uh, the, there's a press conference this afternoon and hopefully we'll find out then but uh, I, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see Ryan Yates in the squad on Saturday because he's just that kind of character uh, I'm, when I say that I'm not suggesting that So has any lack of character he's just very unlucky with injuries he's got this knee problem that will never go away and has to be very carefully managed but if you're going to put any money on anybody coming through an injury problem or an injury scare it'll be on Ryan Yates that's for sure well, we'll see if he's involved at Swansea at the weekend. We'll look ahead to that game later. Next, though, as the transfer window still open, we will discuss what that means for Forest. This episode is supported by Season 3 of FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League 2 after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher division. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenges and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. Catch all new episodes Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Still January then, so we're still talking transfers. BBC reporting Forrest, one of three championship clubs looking to sign Josh Murphy on loan from Cardiff. Nick, this strikes me as exactly the kind of player that Forrest don't need at the moment. He's only started three league games for Cardiff this season. Quite well stopped for wingers anyway. We don't need Josh Murphy, do we? I wouldn't have thought so. I mean, I, I do find uh, I know um, Paul has reported a lot and um, I think Eden has kind of said that he wants another a winger, but I don't quite Understand why? Because that, I mean, as you say, that is one of the few positions that Forrest. Well, it was one of the positions that Forrester not only stocked with, but stocked with quite well. You know, there are. Um, there's obviously. Well, we 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 all know the the kind of four main players that we have on the wings for 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 two positions, but particularly Murphy, it just seems like it would be if you were going to sign someone in that position, you want you want it to be someone better than. We already have Josh. I mean, Josh Murphy might have been a very good signing last January when Forrest just Forrest had a good kind of first choice set of wingers and just needed a little bit of um, you know decent depth, someone to kind of relieve those wingers, someone to come come off the bench and provide a bit a few more options to to Lamucci. 
But now, if you're going to sign a winger, it it will really needs to be someone who's kind of better than we've already got, who is kind of undeniably going to get get in the first team ahead of the rest of them. And and as you say, I don't think Murphy really is that. What about Camille Grzycki then, Paul? He's been playing for for Big Sam in West Brom's last couple of games. Does that mean that, that there's no chance of him coming to Forest now? Well, last time we spoke to Hooter, he, he kind of hinted that he was still somebody who was very much on their you know wanted list, but. The, the longer it goes on, the less likely it, it, it seems to happen. As you say, he seems to be playing for Big Sam. And I, I, I half wonder if there's still a bit of... Ill feeling is too strong, but the, the reason... One of the main reasons the deal didn't go through during the last transfer window was because Krizicki was umming and ahhing about coming. Uh, it, Forrest got a lot of hammer for not getting the paperwork in in time, but it, it, it wasn't really anything to do with them. It was more towards him sort of dragging his heels about whether he wanted to sign or not. And... I wonder if there's a lingering after effect of that where Forrest is thinking, well, if you didn't really want to come in the last window, we, we want to be certain that you want to come now and maybe they're not getting that feeling. So um, I, I'd lean towards it, it probably being less likely at this point. Nick, Forrest don't really want somebody who doesn't want to join the club, do they? I mean, just knock this on the head and move on to the next target, surely. Yeah, I, I'm, and I, I kind of know what you mean. Um, it's, it's certainly not... Um you know, ideal to have someone kind of reluctantly uh, dragging their heels as they decide whether they want to come to Forest or not. But if we are going to sign players who are kind of better than the options we already have, we're sort of looking at the Premier League, sort of players who aren't getting in the first team in the Premier League as Grzycki was when, when Forest first tried to sign him. And I think you know we sort of have to accept that inevitably there is going to they, those kind of players are going to be weighing up their options and seeing if they can get anything better than a than what is at the moment a uh, lower table championship team. So I mean, I don't think. While in an ideal world we'd want you know Forest who players who were you know their hearts were bursting at the prospect of playing for Forest, but I, I, unfortunately we have to be sort of slightly realistic that people are going to be um, kind of umming and ahhing and seeing what other options they have. How about outgoings, Paul? I see some stories linking Zach Clough with a move to Wigan. Anything in that, or anybody else getting closer to the exit door? No, I think that one's fairly likely. Yeah, there's Zach Clough. Uh, and it'd be good for him as well. Uh, there, there's been a few clubs interested in him in the past, and including this January. I think there's some interest from Scotland as well. He, he just needs a fresh start somewhere. I don't think he's a bad player. I think he's a good player that's just lost his way a little bit and lost his confidence and probably lost a huge amount of fitness because he barely plays any football. Uh, so it'd be great to see him go and get a fresh start somewhere else because it's it's been a waste of a big portion of his career being sat on the sidelines at Forest, and it's been a waste of wages for Forest, to be perfectly blunt. Uh, so, you know, him getting a fresh start somewhere else and proving what he can do and perhaps getting back up to this level would be would be good for everybody. I think most Forest fans would, you know, wish him good fortune and, and hope to see him back at this level sooner rather than later. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, still more than a week of the transfer window to go. So we might be able to bring you some more updates on some new players next week or more likely some departures. Uh, Forrester back in FA Cup action this weekend. We'll preview the game against Swansea next. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
Oh yes, I've got that magical feeling. It must be FA Cup weekend then. Uh, the fourth round rolls around with Forest set for South Wales as they take on Swansea City at the Liberty Stadium this Saturday, 3pm UK time. Uh, second meeting of the season, Swansea winning 1-0 at the City ground in November. Forest did win at the Liberty at the start of last season, a late Alpha Semedo goal. Only previous FA Cup meeting between the sides was back in 1929 when Swansea won a third round tie at the City ground. Uh, we've been talking about how difficult it is to get up for the Cup of late, Nick. Um, feel like Swansea are heavy favourites for this game, not least because they didn't play in midweek. Their game against Blackburn called off because of a wet pitch. Yeah, and they've also been strengthening this week. Um, I think Conor Harahan is a player that um, I think I would have loved to have seen at Forest at uh, various points. He's just signed for them on loan from Aston Villa. Um, I don't, not sure whether the, 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 the there's an American forward coming in, Jordan Morris, um, who I don't think has been confirmed at the time of recording, but he he, he might be by the time the game comes around. Um, yeah, they they look really impressive this season, particularly given the the. Um, the, the sort of players they've lost in the, since they got relegated uh, a couple of years ago, um, and you know Steve Cooper's doing a really good job there. I, I, I would be quite surprised if if Forest won, unless you know Swansea rotated heavily, which um, I suspect they they possibly won't do. Probably quite not quite as much as Forest anyway. Um, so yeah, it's um, <laughs> it. it Apologies to anyone who is kind of enormously enthusiastic about the FA Cup because we've been very down on not only the uh, Forest prospects in it but the whole concept of it it's, uh, of the FA Cup this season itself. So, um, yeah, if, if, if you want to think of it as a positive, Forest are probably going to get knocked out of a, a competition that we don't really care about this season. So, you know, <laughs> every cloud. We'll play this back in, in May when Forrest are lifting the trophy. Um, <laughs> yeah. The, the, the fact, Paul, that, that Hewton went unchanged from, from Millwall to Middlesbrough would suggest that there will be heavy rotation for, for this game in, in pretty much every area. I mean, might even see Samba get arrested and somebody else coming in goal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, he made eight and nine changes. I think it was eight changes for the last game. So it wouldn't surprise me at all to to see something similar this time around. The, the, the one area that he, that will be interesting is midfield, given, you know, Harry Arter's still struggling with injury. Jack Colback's not back yet. Uh, obviously, Brian Yates has got this calf problem. We don't know how bad that is. Uh, Fuad Basharou has had injury problems, has been back in training, but isn't actually registered as part of the 25-man squad. They could, in theory register him in January and then replace him before the end of the window with somebody else if they needed his place in the squad. But do they really want to do that? Do they want to use a player who might know in his mind that his future is elsewhere? I mean, Chris Hewton talked about him going out on loan during his last press conference saying that he needs to go out and play some football. Uh, but do they need to give him some minutes on Saturday just in case they do need him in the Championship? It, there's a lot of question marks in that in that area of the pitch where they, they could have... Samba so Samba so fit and and really not much else beyond that, uh, which is ridiculous when you think of how many sort of defensive midfielders Forest have got. Uh, having signed all the midfielders in the summer, they, they they could have an injury problem there, which is which is entirely unexpected. But yeah, I think they will make changes. Players like Taylor could come in. Uh, you know, Knockart hasn't played a lot recently. Uh, Lolly, these are all good players, by the way. Uh, Guerrero, all of these could come into the side and. Uh, and change the dynamic of it quite a lot. 
What about Mbe So going into midfield? He, it was a fairly brief cameo there on, on Wednesday night, but he managed to get a goal. M- might that be an option for, for him to get a bit more regular game time? Possibly, uh, although he didn't he didn't even stay there for very long because Scott McKenna ended up going up front and he, he slotted into defence. So it really was a short cameo in midfield, but uh, I, I don't see why he couldn't do a job there. But I think it's more likely perhaps that he'll end up, you know, in, in centre of defence, probably alongside Tobias Figueiredo. Uh, although they could also bring Michael Dorslin in. So they have, they have got central defensive options that, that they could fill the void there, make two changes there and still play Mbeso. Uh, it's an interesting one, but they, they are going to have to come up with something creative to fill the void in midfield if Yates is missing. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, and you were saying earlier on that kind of Yates is one of those players, even if he's got a little you know, tweak in his calf, that he, he might want to play anyway and given that there is the not many other options then it's going to be quite tempting for him to play but I would do if I was Hewton I would do anything to avoid playing Yates and so uh, in uh, in midfield on on Saturday I mean you could you could drop Cafu back and play Guerrero as a 10 perhaps and, and you know like you like you said maybe Mbeso M- M- has to sort of um, fill in in midfield there are a few things that you could try. You could, I mean, you know, in desperate situation, you could maybe stick one of the one of the fullbacks in there. But yeah, I, 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 I maybe this is my kind of general attitude to the FA Cup shining through. But given the the problems with the um, the rest of the midfielders in the squad, I'd do kind of anything possible to avoid playing. Um, you know, playing either uh, either Ryan Yates or or Sambaso in midfield on Saturday. Well, we'll find out when Paul tweets the team sheet at two o'clock. Remember, no replays in the FA Cup this season, so it'll have to be settled on the day. We'll react to it, of course, in next week's show. Right then, it's time for everybody's favourite forest-based quiz. Yes, it's did they really play for Forest? It's where Nick gives us a series of clues about an underwhelming performer in the Garibaldi. And Paul and I have to try and identify them. Over to you then, Nick. Okay. Uh, oh, there's, there's the sound of um, rubbing hands together again. I'm not sure who that was. Not sure who was that Paul. was. But, uh, Bit of self-motivation in there as well. I like it. It well, wasn't your cape. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't my cape, though. You're only as good as your last performance, Paul. And, you know, Boateng was a couple of weeks ago now. So, you know. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Clue number one. Um, I made my first appearance in England alongside fellow Did They Really Play For Forest alumnus, alumni, uh, Nicky Barmby. And my final appearance in England was alongside Gareth Taylor. Right, okay. So that would indicate that it's probably not an English player. Uh, Paul, have you got any idea? No, there's going to be no dramatic first round guess here. Uh, uh, who was Nicky Barmby's first club? Spurs... Gareth Taylor. Oof. Uh, uh, clone number two. I am now an agent. Ooh. See, I was going to say David Johnson, but he's not really an agent and he's not an obscure Forest player, so I'm not going to say him. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, it's a good guess. <laughs> David Frio? No, I think oh, he is that's an agent. That's a great guess, though. Yeah. Good. That, is an, that is an excellent shout. Um, but, but no, it's not David Frio. Uh, okay, clue number three. In a game against Forrest, I think this was before he played for Forrest, I once came on as a substitute but was substituted off 25 minutes later. Oh. And uh, just to clarify, this wasn't due to any injury. This was, and I was at this game, it was because he was calamitously bad. 
And the MP? No, no, the the MP card comes out again, but no, it's not Andy MP. <laughs> I was going to say Carlton Palmer, but he doesn't fit at all for several reasons. I like this. I mean, I, I'm. I don't think we've had a a, a complete wipeout. The, the, no one's got this from all five, but I'm quite I'm sort of quietly confident. Although this next clue might give it away a little bit. Clue number four. I am a Danish man. Okay, and and by that you mean it's a player who comes from Denmark. You're not just saying that you like that type of pastry. <laughs> by myself uh, yes. some time listener here. Uh, that is, that is correct. More of a more of a Panachocola man personally, but uh, yes, this player same. is from Denmark. Oh, I'm trying to think of any Danish forest players, and I'm drawing a blank. Paul, have you got any idea? Was Helda Danish? No, he was Norwegian. Also, right, doesn't well though. Or- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably fine. They're basically the same. Uh, is there another clue, or do we have to get it from this one? Yeah, one more clue. Okay, let's have it. Okay, my other clubs in England were Middlesbrough, Derby County, and a very, very brief spell at QPR. Oh! Ah, uh, yeah, uh, I think I've got it. Go go on, Paul. You, you can M- take it. Mikel Beck? It's Mikel Beck. Yes, that's correct. He was hopeless, wasn't it? By the time he came to... I've never seen somebody get caught offside quite so regularly as Mikel Beck did. I think we can call that one a draw, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah very... You both, yeah. you both had it by the end there. Uh, who is so? He's an agent now. Do, do we do we know who any of his clients are? Yeah, uh, Luca Dean is is probably his most uh, famous client. He's also uh, Simon Kiar, I think, the um, AC Milan defender, and a few other few other players as well. He, he seems to have quite a few players at Monaco for some reason. Um, but yeah, <laughs> worst worst places in the world to have to go as an agent. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, yeah, I've got to go and watch Monaco again. <laughs> It's a it's it's a um, a nice line. No, I really think you should sign for Monaco or, or yeah. Nice, anywhere on the south coast of France. Really, <laughs> I just put Mikel Beck into uh, Google because I wanted to see who his clients were. And one thing that comes up is a video. Every goal, Mikel Beck, Middlesbrough. It's nearly eleven minutes long. Lots of replays, maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah, every offside, Mikel Beck, Nottingham Forest, half an hour. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, that was kind of fun, but I feel a bit disappointed in myself, to be honest. So there's going to be some prep done uh, next week. Uh, time again, just about to beat us. Before we go, Paul, you've plugged your uh, your Warnock piece. What else can Athletic subscribers read from you and what have you got in the pipeline? Well, we'll be heading off to, to be entirely honest, I've had an absolute nightmare because of... Uh... Because of what happened yesterday, we'd got a big piece, a big piece planned on what Chris Hewitt had done to turn things around, which doesn't quite <laughs> feel as though it's going to work in this moment. And my other piece that went down the toilet last night was uh, an in-depth look at how uh, Samba So and Ryan Yates's midfield partnership had really helped change the dynamic during this unbeaten run. So, t- two pieces I had planned were absolutely ruined by Neil Warnock yesterday, which was lovely. Uh, so th- the answer is thanks, Neil, but not a lot for now until I think of something else. If you, I mean, if you if you could plan some uh, pieces about Forrest getting beat five nil over winter, and, and uh, maybe me financing uh, facing financial ruin, and <laughs> by, by that logic, then uh, everything will be fine. Yes, yes. Uh, Forrest enjoying their worst ever FA Cup defeat at Swansea. Yeah, yeah there you go. That'll yeah. do. Uh, Nick, you've been looking at the art of the goal celebration in a hug-free environment. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's. In fact, I should probably have sold it that way before. Yeah, I, I wrote a piece for the Athletic uh, end of last week actually about this kind of slightly odd thing where uh, hugging goal celebrations are are now frowned upon, which to me seems to you know if, if you are kind of genuinely concerned about these players passing COVID to each other, then fine. But given that they, uh, it seems to be more of a problem that. Uh, these players are kind of sweating on and gobbing on and jostling with a new set of 11 blokes every three or four days, then, you know, giving a cuddle to players with whom you're already in a bubble um, and sharing coaches and dressing rooms and hotels and so on doesn't seem to be the, the biggest problem. I mean, from a public health point of view, football probably shouldn't be happening at all. But if it is, then, you know, pointing the finger at hugging and cuddling seems to be another way of kind of distracting from the various shambles that the people who lead the country have uh, led us into. So, yeah, that's a cheerful read. Uh, just on that, finally, Paul, Chris Hewton's been asked about that, hasn't he? And he, he seemed like he, he sort of straight-batted it a bit, as if to say, yeah, we have reminded the players of their responsibility, but as Nick said, listen, this is not the problem here. No, no, it, it, it isn't really. It, it, it's the least of the evils. Well, evils is the wrong word, but it's the least of the potential problems is them having a hug after they've scored a goal, but... Uh, you know, the question is whether football should go ahead at all on that basis, really, isn't it? And I think if football goes ahead, then players celebrating with each other is hardly, uh, hardly the biggest crime of all when they're probably, you know, trying to drag each other to the floor to every corner and free kick. So, yeah, I, I agree with Nick. It, it, it doesn't seem a, uh, the biggest issue at the moment in football. It, it's also said, it's also said, uh, also sounded when you sold that, like he was writing the piece from a hug-free environment, which made me feel a, <laughs> made me feel a little bit sad for him. Oh no, don't 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 worry. I mean, uh, w- while um, kind of obeying the rules and you know staying in, I'm you know I'm not I'm not wanting for cuddles here, so that's fine. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I should also it. say that um, that I did recall I, I did a sort of abridged version of that piece uh, as a, a part of a segment on um, BT Sport uh, last night, which in my kind of rapacious self uh, regimen of self uh, promotion i completely forgot that it was on until this morning when my sister texted me and said were you on tv last night so um it was on t- uh, a show called the the football's on which was on bt sport last night it may very well be available to um view back um i of course can't uh, watch it back due to reasons of sort of mortification i've only just got used to hearing my own voice on these podcasts so watching myself on tv is definitely out Enjoy Nick on this podcast where you can, listen because BT's marketing department will be snapping him up after that uh, excellent promo. Uh, I've got no doubt. If you do want to read Nick and Paul's stuff and you're not currently a subscriber to The Athletic, you can sign up now for just £3.99 a month for the first six months and enjoy unrivaled coverage of your club in 2021, as well as ad-free podcasts via the app. Just go to theathletic.com slash forestpod for all the info. Uh, Listener, thanks so much for your company today. Thanks again to Paul, to Nick and to producer Adonis. We'll catch up with you same time next week. For now, though, from all of us here, it's goodbye. The Athletic.